Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Camp Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. John 1, starting in verse 3. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Today we're going to talk about light. Now, Webster's defines light as that which illuminates or makes it possible for the eye to see... It also defines light as being opposed to darkness. In the verses we are studying today, we'll see another aspect of Christ. Now, last time we read about Jesus being the Word, the spoken expression of God's love, and we talked about the fact that He is God. This time, we're going to learn that He is the creative force behind everything, and He is the light that brings life. So let's get right into this this week. Verse number 3, all things were made by him. John chapter 1, verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now that is an interesting statement, one which many of us take for granted and never really think of at all. The man, the human being who hung on that tree a little over nearly 2,000 years ago, that man made the tree he hung on. He made the metal that was forged into the nails driven through his hands and his feet. He made the dust and the dirt that clung to his bloody body. He was and is and ever shall be the creator of all things. Jesus is the creative force of the Godhead. He is the creator. All things were made by him. And without him, there was not anything made that was made. Ephesians 3.9 says this, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. God created all things by his Son. Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created, that are in the heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And then Hebrews 1 and verse 2, God hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So God's creative act of speaking everything into existence came through the Son, Jesus Christ. So we need to keep in mind that since Jesus Christ created all things, He created us. He created us. And we have no basis whatsoever to have pride in our lives because we are created beings. We are subservient creatures. And we are subservient to one 
and one alone, and his name is Jesus. He is the creator of all things. He made you. He made me. He gave us the gifts that we have. With him, we are special and valuable and unique. And apart from him, well, apart from him, we're nothing. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4, And in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, light is a key theme in John's Gospel. The word light is used 36 times in this book, and 18 more times the word light is used in John's first epistle. Here in this Gospel, John calls light and life the same thing. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That is true because light is the first essential ingredient to life. If the sun went out, everything on this earth would eventually die. So light is the beginning of all life. I mean, there's also air and food and water. And it's interesting when you read the scriptures, Jesus says he's all of those things too. In John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. We know that. But over in John verse chapter 3, verse 8, and then it's read back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, God breathed into Adam the, light, the, life, uh, the, the breath of life. Uh, Jesus is breath. He is air. John 4.10, Jesus says, If you ask of me, I'll give you living water, and you'll never thirst again. Jesus is the water of life. In John 6.35, Jesus declares himself to be the bread of life. Jesus is light. He is air. He is breath. He is water. He is bread. He is everything. But in our text today, we're focusing in on this idea that he is light. Light shines on darkness and reveals the truth. Light shows us where obstacles are. Light protects us. It warms us, and it destroys the darkness that could harm us. And here, John says that life is in Jesus. All life flows from him. We are alive because life is in Jesus. But when John uses light as indicative of life, he's not talking just of physical life, but more, more, more than that, he's talking about spiritual life. The light of Jesus allows our spirits to see clearly enough to find God's love and his salvation. 2 Corinthians 4.3 But if our gospel be hid, it is hid from them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Without the light of knowledge, we wouldn't have the ability to call on Christ. Without the Holy Spirit shining in our hearts through Jesus Christ, without Jesus Christ illuminating our hearts, we couldn't possibly get saved. Because the natural man receives not the things of God. It is the Spirit of God moving 
uh, by the power of Jesus Christ moving in our lives, calling us, forming us, uh, shaping us, directing events in our lives, and bringing us to a point where we can call on God. And when we see that light, when we finally understand what the Bible's been saying all this time, what our friends have been talking to us about, when we see that light, we run to it. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. But not all of us run to it, do we? Not everyone who hears the gospel gets saved. Not everyone who hears Jesus Christ is Lord believes that. Jesus came to this earth so that his light would shine even brighter than it does already into the darkness of sinful man's lives. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit already. Everything that we need to, to, to know that there's a God is, is visible all around us. It's already here. And yet Christ decided to come to this earth and get the light a little bit closer to us. You ever notice how you get, when you get closer and closer to light, warmth comes? It doesn't matter if it's a little light bulb uh, or a campfire. The closer you get to light, the more warmth there is. The more alive things are. The, the more tingling there is, the more sensation there is in your, in your flesh. The closer you get to light, the more alive you are. And Christ came to shine the light even brighter into this world. But man is sinful and in darkness because mankind has followed another master. That master is the devil. He's the father of lies, Jesus said. He's the power of darkness. And men love darkness more than they love light. Light is not always a welcome thing. There is a reason bars keep their lights dimmed, you know, in clubs and places of ill repute, places where people do things they don't want other people to know about. There's a reason the lights are down in those places. It gives people more permission to act in a way they shouldn't act. Men love darkness sometimes. It's not just because we're covering sin. Sometimes when darkness envelops us, we get comfortable. Let me ask you a question. Ever have somebody pull the blind up uh, on you early in the morning? You want darkness at that time. You're still half asleep. You're comfortable. You don't want that bright light shining in. It wakes you up. You were resting. You were comfortable. And so were many of us before we found Christ. We were in the darkness. We were comfortable. We didn't want the light shining in our, in our lives. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That word comprehended is neat. It's, it means to take hold of, to attain, to perceive, or possess. The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness never possessed it. The darkness never attained it. The darkness never took a hold of the light. Here is why folks don't respond to the invitation in church, why they don't react positively to the need for Christ, because people are happy being in the dark. John 3.19, just a few verses after John 3.16, that most famous verse, John 3.19, this is the condemnation, that light, these are the words of Jesus, 
written in red in your Bible. This is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light, comma, because their deeds were evil. That's why many people refuse the call of Christ in their life because their deeds are evil and they don't want their deeds to be shown. This is a good place for us to stop for a second and take a look at the sinful nature of man and contrast it with the light of the light of Jesus. Romans 3:10 As it is written there is none righteous no not one there's none that understandeth there's none that seeks after God they are all gone out of the way they are all together become unprofitable there's none that doeth good no not one Paul is describing sinful man to his audience in Rome, and he's saying everybody is guilty. He's just been talking about the difference between Jews and Gentiles, and he stops and says, wait a second, but everybody is guilty. There's none righteous. No, not one. Yes, does the Jew have an advantage over the Gentile? Yes, and that they've been entrusted with the oracles of God. They had the, the, the scriptures given to them first. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a preference there, of course, but nobody is righteous. Not one. No one understands. No one seeks after God. If you look at this human race as a whole, that it describes the majority of us. He goes on to say, their throat is an open sepulcher, an open grave. The stench of death comes out of their throats of mankind. With their tongues they've used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Friend, does that not describe the world around you right now? No peace, swift to cause trouble, to cause destruction. No fear of God. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God in their, before their eyes. Now, Paul continues in Romans chapter 3. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth be stopped, and all the world may be become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God is which is by faith of Jesus Christ, and unto and all upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so the law was given to show man that he's wrong. We talked about this last week. You know, the Ten Commandments aren't Ten Commandments. They're Ten Observations. These are things that you know you're doing, and these are wrong. No one's exempt. Everyone is a sinner. We are all guilty. At some point in our lives, we all love darkness more than light. Think back to the last time you were doing something wrong. You knew it was wrong. You knew it was wrong. At the moment you were doing it, you liked it, didn't you? Of course you did. Scripture even tells us that sin is pleasurable for a season. But there's a problem with seasons. Seasons change. Seasons don't last. We're having an early spring down here in North Carolina now. Seasons are changing quick. 
Very quick. Sin is pleasurable for a season. Of course it's pleasurable. If it wasn't pleasurable, you wouldn't engage in it. You wouldn't drink those things, take those things, do those things. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be involved in it if it wasn't fun. But it's only fun for a little while. At the moment we do that sin, we like it. But the law has been given to show us what's wrong. And if we'll listen and we'll open our hearts to what it has to say, the light of Jesus Christ will shine in. And then there will no longer just be the knowledge of sin in our lives, but the knowledge of the holy, the ability to understand, to see who Christ really is. Romans 3.23 again, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But then Romans 3.24, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We can be justified freely by His grace. We don't have to live in that sin. We don't have to live in that darkness. We don't have to live in that depression. We don't have to live in those things. Because light came into the world. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness. Don't be one of those in the darkness who didn't comprehend the light. When Jesus shined his light into the world, he gave us all the opportunity to see who we really are, to recognize our sins, and to repent Now, repentance is not what most people think it is today. Most people think repentance is feeling sorry. Paul said to uh, a group, he said one time, uh, I'm glad that you were sorry, but sorry isn't good enough. What makes me glad is that your sorrow led to repentance. There's a godly sorrow that leads to repentance. Repentance is turning around. Repentance is turning away. Repentance is I was walking south, now I'm turning around, I'm walking north. I was walking east, now I'm turning around, I'm walking west. Completely different direction. I'm no longer going to be involved in the things that I was involved in. I've repented. In the English armed forces, when the troops are marching, and the instructor or the leader wants them to turn around, he doesn't say about face as they would in America. He says, repent. And all the soldiers know to turn around. And walk the opposite direction. That's what repentance is. Repentance is completely turning around. Recognizing your sin and repenting. And that, through the sacrificial death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that repentance and the acknowledgement of the work of Jesus Christ, through those things we can see His light, receive His justification, and be redeemed from our sins. So my question for you this week, a very short time in the Word this week with you, but my question is simply this. Have you seen the light? Have you comprehended the light of Jesus Christ? Thank you so much for joining me again this week for Field Notes. I am so honored by all the folks that have already downloaded our uh, podcast on iTunes and in Stitcher. And we've already received a review or two, and thankful for that. And I would ask you to please do the same if you would. Go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, 
Uh, I believe Google Play also has an opportunity for you to leave a comment uh, and just give us a, a, a review, uh, give us a star rating, uh, whatever you think. Uh, that'll help us to get further and further up on the um, list so that when folks are searching for certain things, our podcast will come up a little bit quicker uh, so that folks can find us. Again, don't forget to visit our website and uh, keep us in prayer down here in Jacksonville. We thank you for all of your support and all of your love. And until next time, I'm Dave Mason. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the Donate button. Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.